Hello again. Justin Spencer here. It's easier to run away from monsters than to face them. To face them is a hard thing. It takes a kind of courage that looks to some like foolishness. Hunferth, in this next episode, certainly thinks Beowulf's plan to face Grendel is both foolish and arrogant. But the problem is that if we choose to run away from monsters, if we choose to not face them with courage, they're still there, waiting to take any joy out of life that might otherwise be ours and destroy all that we have worked so hard to build. King Hrothgar built a beautiful hall, and for years it was filled with joy. All that joy was taken by Grendel, and no one, especially not Hunferth, had the courage needed to face Grendel and get that joy back. No one until Beowulf. In this episode, pay attention to the good that results from Beowulf's choice to have courage. It's the kind of good that changes an entire community for the better. And then, think about the monsters you may face in your own life and in our world. There are plenty of them for us to fight. And so much good could result if we decided to take courage and face them. Chapter 3 Beowulf telleth how he warred with the sea folk. Now among all the joyous company who feasted and made merry in the heart hall, there was one who bore a gloomy face and angry heart. This was a knight named Hunfer. At Hrothgar's feet he sat in jealous wrath, for he could not bear that any knight in all the world should have greater fame than he himself. The praise of Beowulf was bitterness to him, and thus he spake in scoffing words. Art thou that Beowulf who didst contend with Brecker of the wide sea in a swimming match? Art thou he who with Brecker out of vain pride swam through the sea and for foolhardiness ventured your lives in deep waters? And no man, t'was said, nor friend nor foe could turn ye from the foolish play. T'was winter time, and the waves dashed with loud fury, yet for a week ye twain strove upon the waters. He overcame thee in swimming. He had more strength. Then at morning time the sea drave him to shore. Thence he departed to his own land where he owned a nation, a town, and much wealth. Yea, in that contest thou hadst not the better. Now, although thou art so splendid in war, I expect a worse defeat for thee, if thou darest to abide here the coming of Grendel. Friend Hunferth, said Beowulf quietly, thou hast spoken much of Brecker and our contest. Now will I tell thee the truth of the matter. Rightly I claim to have the greatest strength upon the sea, more skill than any man upon the waves. 
Brecker and I, when we were boys, talked much thereon, and swore that when we were grown to men we should venture our lives upon the sea. And even so we did. As we swam forth into the waves, our naked swords we held in hand. That was right needful to defend us against the whale-fishes. Brecker was not fleeter than I upon the waves. Strive as he might, he could not flee from me, and so for five nights upon the sea we swam. Then a great storm arose and drave us asunder. Fierce and cold were the waves, dark and terrible the night. The north wind drave upon us till the ocean boiled in madness of wrath. Then, too, the anger of the sea monsters arose. Glad was I then that my shirt of mail, gold adorned and trusty, wrapped my body, for a spotted monster seized me fast in his grim grip and dragged me to the floor of the sea. But I strove with him, and my bright blade was dyed in the blood of the sea brute. So I escaped me that time, yet... Although one was slain, around me swarmed many another fearful foe. But my dear sword served me well. They did not have the joy of their feast, the evildoers. They did not sit around on the floor of the sea to swallow me down. Nay, rather in the morning, put to sleep with the sword, they lay among the seaweeds on the shore, cast up by the waves." And never since upon the great waters have they troubled the sailors. Yea, in that contest I slew nine sea brutes. Never have I heard of a fiercer fight by night under the arch of heaven. Never have I heard of a man more wretched upon the waves. Yet I escaped. And when the sun at morning rose above the sea, the waves cast me upon the shore of Finland, spent and weary of my journey. I have never heard it said that thou, Hunferth, did make such a play of sword. No, nor Brecker, nor any of you. Ye have not done such deeds. But in sooth I would not boast myself. Yet I say to thee, Hunferth, that Grendel, the evil monster, had never done so many horrors against thy king that he had never brought such shame upon this fair hall hadst thou been so battle-fierce as thou vauntest that thou art. Yea, he hath seen that he hath no need to fear the boasted courage of the Dane folk. So he warreth, and slayeth, and feasteth as he pleaseth. He looketh not for battle at the hands of the Danes, but I, a Goth, shall offer him war, war fierce and long. And after that, he who will may go proudly to Hart Hall. When Beowulf had ceased speaking, there was a cry from all the thanes and earls. The hall rang with the sound of clashing armor and the loud shouts as Dane folk cheered the hero. Hunferth, abashed, held his peace. Then forth from the bower came Wealthiau, Hrothgar's queen. Stately and tall and very beautiful she came, clothed in rich garments girdled with gold. 
A golden crown was upon her head, and jewels glittered upon her neck. In her hand, she held a great golden cup set with gems. First, to King Hrothgar, she went and gave him the beaker. Hail to thee, she cried. Mayest thou have joy of the drinking, joy of the feast ever dear to thy people. And Hrothgar drank, merry of heart, glad with thoughts of the morrow. Then through all the hall Wealthyow moved, speaking gracious words, giving to each warrior, young and old, wine from a golden cup. At last she, the crowned queen, courteous and beautiful, came to Beowulf. Graciously Wealthyow smiled upon the goth lord, holding the beaker to him. I thank the Lord of all that thou art come to us, she said. Thou art come, noble earl, to bring us comfort and to deliver us out of our sorrows. The fierce warrior bowed before the beautiful queen as he held the wine cup. He felt the joy of battle rise within him, and aloud he spoke. I swear it when I did set out upon the deep sea, as I stood by my comrades upon the ship, I swear that I alone would do the deed or go down to death in the grip of the monster. As an earl, I must fulfill my word, or here in the heart hall I must await my death day. The queen was well pleased with the proud words of the goth lord, and so in splendor and high state she moved through the hall till she came again to the gift seat, and there beside the king she sat. Then again in the hall there was the sound of laughter and merriment. The minstrels sang, and the earls told of mighty deeds until the evening shadows slanted along the wall. Then all arose. The sound of song and laughter was still. It was time to be gone. Farewells were said. Man greeted man, not knowing what the morning might bring forth. But all knew that battle was making ready for those who waited in the great hall. When the sun had gone down, and dark night covered all the land, ghostly creatures would creep forth to war in the shadow. So with grave words, Hrothgar bade Beowulf farewell. Good luck bide with thee, he said. Into thy keeping I give the hall of the Danefolk. Never before did I commit it to any man. Keep it now, right bravely. Remember thy fame, show thy valor, and watch against the evildoer. If thou overcome him, there is no desire of thine that shall be unfulfilled, so that it lieth in my power to give it to thee. Then Hrothgar and his band of warriors and thanes went forth from the hall, and Beowulf with his comrades was left to guard it. The beds were spread around the walls, and Beowulf prepared himself strangely for battle. His coat of mail, firmly wrought with shining rings of steel, he cast aside. He took his helmet from his head, and with his sword and shield and all his glittering war harness, gave it to the keeping of a servant. 
and thus all unarmed, clad only in his silken coat, he proudly spake. In warcraft I deem I am no worse than Grendel. Therefore not with the sword shall I put him to sleep, though that were easy. Not thus shall I take his life, for he is not learned in the use of war weapons. So without them we twain this night shall fight, and God, the All-Wise, shall give victory even as it shall seem best to him. Having so spoken, Beowulf laid his head upon his pillow, and all round him his warriors lay down to take their rest. None among them thought ever again to see his own land, for they had heard of the terrible death that had carried off so many of the Dane folk from Hart Hall. Little they thought to escape that death, yet so reckless were they of life that soon they slept. They who were there to guard that high hall slept, all save one. Beowulf alone, watchful and waiting for the foe, impatiently longed for the coming battle. Chapter 4 How Beowulf Overcame Grendel the Ogre And now all slept, save Beowulf alone. Then, out of the creeping mists that covered the moorland forth the evil thing strode. Right onward to the hall he came, goaded with fearful wrath. The bolts and bars he burst asunder and with but a touch and stood within the hall. Out of the dark, Grendel's eyes blazed like fire. Loud he laughed, wild demon laughter, as he gazed around upon the sleeping warriors. Here truly was a giant feast spread out before him, and ere the morning light should come, he meant to leave no man of them alive. So loud he laughed. Beowulf, watchful and angry, yet curbed his wrath. He waited to see how the monster should attack, nor had he long to wait. Quickly stretching forth a fang, Grendel seized a sleeping warrior. Ere the unhappy one could wake, he was torn asunder. Greedily, Grendel drank his blood, crushed his bones, and swallowed his horrid feast. Again, the goblin stretched forth his claws, hungry for his feast. But Beowulf, raising himself upon his elbow, reached out his hand and caught the monster. Then had the fell giant fierce wrath and pain. Never before had he made trial of such a hand grip. In it he writhed and struggled vainly. Hotter and hotter grew his anger, deeper and deeper his fear. He longed to flee, to seek his demon lair and there make merry with his fellows, but though his strength was great, he could not win free from that mighty grasp. Then Beowulf, remembering his boast that he would conquer this ruthless beast, stood upright, gripping the ogre yet more firmly. Awful was the fight in the darkness. This way and that the ogre swayed, but he could not free himself from the clutch of those mighty fingers. 
the noise of the contest was as of thunder. The fair hall echoed and shook with demon cries of rage until it seemed that the walls must fall. The wine in the cups was spilled upon the floor. The benches overlaid with gold were torn from their places. Fear and wonder fell upon the Dane folk. Far and wide the din was heard until the king trembled in his castle, the slave in his hut. The knights of Beowulf awoke, arose, drew their sharp swords and plunged into battle. They fought right manfully for their master, their great leader, but though they dealt swift and mighty blows, it was in vain. Grendel's hide was such that not the keenest blade ever wrought of steel could pierce it through. No war axe could wound him, for by enchantments he had made him safe. Nay, by no such honourable means might death come to the foul ogre. Louder and louder grew the din, fiercer and wilder the strife, hotter the wrath of those who strove. But at great length the fight came to an end. The sinews in Grendel's shoulder burst, the bones cracked. Then the ogre tore himself free and fled wounded to death, leaving his arm in Beowulf's mighty grip. Sobbing forth his death song, Grendel fled over the misty moorland until he reached his dwelling in the Lake of the Water Dragons, and there plunged in. The dark waves closed over him, and he sank to his home. Loud were the songs of triumph in Hart Hall, great the rejoicing. The Beowulf had made good his boast. He had cleansed the hall from the ogre. Henceforth might the Dane folk sleep peacefully therein, and so the Goths rejoiced. And over the doorway of the hall, in token of his triumph, Beowulf nailed the hand and arm and shoulder of Grendel. Then, when morning came, and the news was spread over all the land, there was much joy among the Dane folk. From far and near, many a warrior came riding to the hall to see the marvel. Over the moor they rode, too, tracking Grendel's gory footsteps, until they came to the Lake of the Water Dragons. There they gazed upon the water as it boiled and seethed, coloured dark with the poison blood of the ogre. Then back with light hearts they sped, praising the hero. From north to south, they cried, between the seas all the world over there is none so valiant as he, none so worthy of honour. With loosened rein they galloped in the gay sunshine, and by the way minstrels made songs and sang the mighty deeds of the goth hero, praising him above all the heroes of old. In all the land there was song and gladness. Then from his bower came the aged king, clad in gorgeous robes. Behind him was his treasurer, the keeper of his gold, and a great troop of warriors. With him walked the queen, splendid too in robes of purple and gold, and while many fair ladies followed in her train. Over the flower-starred meadow they passed, stately and beautiful, 
till they stood before the hall. As Hrothgar mounted the steps, he gazed upon the roof shining with gold in the sun. He gazed, too, upon the hand and arm of Grendel. Great was his joy and gladness. Then the king turned to the people gathered there. For this sight be thanks at once given to the all-wise, he cried. What sorrow and trouble hath Grendel caused me when I saw my hall stained with blood, when I saw my wise men bowed with grief broken in spirit, I hoped no more. I thought never in this life to be repaid for all the brave men that I have lost. Then, lo, when my sorrow was dark, there cometh a young warrior, a youth mighty in battle, and he hath done the deed that all our wisdom was not able to perform. Then, turning to Beowulf, the king stretched out his hands and cried, Now, Beowulf, greatest of fighters, henceforth will I love thee as a son. No wish of thine, but I will grant it to thee, if it be in my power. Full oft of yore have I for lesser deeds given great rewards. Treasure and honour have I heaped upon knights less brave than thou, less mighty in war. But thou by thy deeds hast made for thyself a glorious name, which shall never be forgotten. Then Beowulf, proudly humble, answered, It was joy to do the daring deed. Blithe at heart we fought the unknown one. But I would that thou thyself hadst seen the ogre among the treasures of the hall. I thought to bind him on a bed of death, but in my hand he might not lie, he was too strong for me. His body slipped from my grasp. Nevertheless, he left with me his hand and arm and shoulder, It is certain that now he lieth dead and will never more trouble the land. There was joy among the heroes as Beowulf spoke, but Unferth hung his head and bit his lip in silence. He no longer had desire to taunt the hero or make boast of his own warcraft. Shame held him speechless. And so through all that day the crowd came and went before the door of Hart Hall. Greatly did all men marvel at the fearful sight, at the war hand of the ogre. The nails were like to steel, the fingers like daggers, and the whole hide so hard that no sword, however finely welded, might pierce through it. It was indeed... A great marvel. Thank you again for continuing to join us for each episode of Storylight. And if you're new to us, we send you the warmest welcome. Whether you're a new listener or an old friend, we at Storylight would be very grateful if you would subscribe to the podcast and give it a nice rating and review on whatever platform you listen. 
More than that, though, we would love for more people to be able to enjoy these stories. So please, tell a friend about us. You are my joy. You are my happy thoughts. We'll see you next time.